You're listening to episode 23 of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. Hi, I'm Brent Hasaker, your host of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. And for this episode, I'm really excited because I've got another interview. I love interviews because then I'm not just talking to myself. I'm actually talking to somebody else. And this interview, oh, it was a really fun one to do. I really enjoyed it. I, I had an interview with Jesse Phillips, who is a new bass player that I found out about. And he has some really great credentials to his name, and he actually plays with Church of the City, which uh, has the worship leaders of John Reddick and also Chris McClarney. And so, yeah, he's, uh, he's legit. He does some really good playing on the songs that he does and works with a lot of other artists as well and uh, has his own studio and all kinds of other great stuff that you're going to find out about in the, uh, in the interview. Uh, so let's just kind of jump right into it because, again, it was a really fun interview, really enjoyed uh, this interview, and I think you will enjoy enjoy it as well. So let's get started. Our featured segment, an interview with Church of the City bassist, Jesse Phillips. All right, so today I'm here with uh, Jesse Phillips, who is a bass player, who is a new bass player that I learned about. He's actually, though, got a lot of cool credentials to his name. He's played with a, a lot of artists like uh, Chris McClarney, uh, John Reddick, um, Aaron Schust, Christy Knuckles, and the Church of the City. And so I recently found out about him and actually uh, got some conversation going with him and thought, hey, this would be great to have uh, this guy on our podcast. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, uh, uh, Jesse. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to be a part of this. I've been following the podcast for a while and uh, subscribe to the YouTube as well. So to be on it, it's pretty, uh, pretty sweet. Oh, cool. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it's funny how, how I came across you, uh, how we met here is that, uh, you know, cause like I mentioned some of the, uh, the artists that you play with and one of them is, uh, the church of the city where you've got a song with uh, John Reddick that's called God turn it around. And on my YouTube, uh, channel for the worship blender i did a bass tutorial on how to play that song and you actually commented on the video saying hey you know great job i'm i'm actually the bass player that, that played on that song and so i thought well we definitely got to talk then so uh for that sure. was really a, a <laughs> yeah, so that was a cool thing to to actually get you know have somebody actually con you know somebody that you know I do a lot of those bass tutorials but actually have one of the bass players actually played on one the actual original song to say hey that's uh, that's me <laughs> uh, so that was pretty cool and so I got to ask the question is you know since I do a lot of these bass tutorials and you're the guy who actually played on the song is how, how close did I actually get on the uh, on the tutorial you nailed it. I think uh, we're just going to replace my uh, my bass tracks with yours now, and uh, we'll just go with those. But no, you did an awesome job. I think it was like YouTube and, and Google has like the algorithm down perfectly, because I was like, how in the world did they just like show me this tutorial on a song that like I follow you and I played on the song, and it's like the weirdest like mesh of worlds. But um, yeah, it was really cool to watch you do that, and even like... Um, make it accessible for other bass players where you're, you're showing them how you do it and how 
you know, some, some tips and stuff for them. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool as well. Cool. Cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. I try to try to make it where people can kind of make it their own a little bit and at least kind of give them, here's the song and, you know, here's some ideas if you want to do some other things. Cause I know that there's people of all different levels that play. Totally. And so, you know, some people like to get a little bit more advanced or some worship teams will play a little differently. So I always try to try to take that into to account. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to do it. Cause like you said, there's yeah. so many different ranges of, you know, I, in fact, for me, I I wasn't originally a bass player. Like you were mentioning earlier, I play guitar, and that's how I started. So, like, with worship bass, uh, a few years ago, I was just kind of, like, trying to dive in and figure out, you know, like, what other resources are there, and it was slim pickings. So um, I really appreciate mm-hmm. the content you create because it is for people like me who are like, how do, we, how do I grow in this, and how do I, you know, play these songs, and tone wise what what what's good tone and yeah i appreciate how deep you dive into some of that stuff too well i really appreciate that thank you thank you and it it sounds like you know like you know like i'm i'm learning more about you like minute by minute because i literally just stumbled across your website like minutes <laughs> before we started the podcast and and so uh, it looks like you're doing some really cool stuff to kind of help empower the worship community too tell us a little bit about some of the things you got going on yeah, so I think one of my biggest hearts uh, in worship music is um, helping create disciples both in the congregation and on the stage. And so part of mm-hmm. that is like uh, providing resource to other bass players if they're looking for. Um, I created like an ebook uh, that was kind of like a worship bass 101 ebook. It's kind of stuff that I wish I. Um, I had known when I was first picking up the bass and, um, yeah, just creating resources like that. I I have a lot of coffee dates with young musicians coming to town wondering what it's all about. And since I've, uh, done a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of stuff in the industry and have some experience, I like pouring out into others. And, um, yeah, so some of the resources on my site, uh, kind of point to that, that heart for discipleship and, and helping people in their journeys. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of where I'm at right now is, uh, I feel like a little bit of the older, older guy sometimes in Nashville with <laughs> everyone graduating college and moving, uh, I've always been the young guy and now, now I've kind of switched to the, yeah. uh, the sensei, I guess. Well, that's so cool about the uh, the ebook. I'll definitely have to uh, check that out. I actually started a video series that's almost like the same thing of that, but like a, a video version. We're kind of going through all the steps, calling it kind of like the the bareness, you know, essentials that you need to have, or the bare minimum, you know, the minimum requirements needed to really to get it involved on a worship team. And here are the things you need to know, and then yeah. the idea being from that you know, as the bare minimum, meaning, you know, these are the minimum requirements, but obviously push them more towards advancing that, you know, beyond that, but that would at least be enough to get them on the platform and playing and then kind of growing from there. So I, yeah, I'll definitely have to check out that ebook. Is that off your, uh, is that on your website? Yep. It's under the download section. Uh, I have like three downloads. One's like a, the worship base 101. And then, um, I've got another one that's kind of like a hundred tips for session and touring musicians. Um, and then kind of like some free pads. I went into a studio with a friend and we just, you know, with thousands of dollars of gear, created some guitar pads just to, to give some free resource for people who, um, might not have a keys player or, you know, are looking even for some like, uh, stuff to thicken up their, their worship sound. So, um, yeah, got a few of those things. 
That's cool. Well, you, you have a, a recording studio or, or something to that effect too as well. Did I see that on your website too? Yes. Um, so I've got uh, technically two recording studios. One is kind of more podcast centric, which ironically I'm not at right now, even though we're doing this <laughs> podcast. Um, and that's in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. And um, it's kind of, yeah, more geared towards those people coming to, to look and do podcasts. And then I've got all my music gear um, and I kind of go under the name Hill City Recording. Um, hill City is kind of, you know, alluding to the city on a hill that we're called to be, uh, light shining to others. But mm, okay. also, um, hills hills have been a part of my <laughs> my journey everywhere I've gone. So, um, yeah, grew up in Newport Hills near Seattle and technically live in a, a town called Spring Hill in Tennessee and went to college oh. in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, which is, uh, its nickname is actually Hill City. So um, hills have just mm. been significant. So <laughs> figured, <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's a cool analogy too, uh, to use too. Um, it plays into a lot of things there, so that's cool. Yeah. And, and so it, and so obviously, I mean, you're doing a lot of things, and, and if I understand correctly, you make your living completely with music. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I say, well... I say my day job is doing music, but really it's like trying to collect money from people uh, that owe me money. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it feels like that half the time where you're just like, hey, did you send that check or uh, no? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's completely uh, either producing studio stuff uh, and touring a little bit. Um, these days, it's since I have a, a four month old child. Uh, before he was uh, born, I was like, oh, thank you. Uh, before he was born, I was like, it'd be awesome to um, not be on the road uh, as my living and kind of be able to be home. So, uh, yeah, yeah, a few years ago, we started making the switch as we were thinking about growing the family. And um, so, yeah, it's music and not as much touring anymore, but uh, yeah, a lot okay. more studio. Cool, cool. Well, well, tell us a little bit about some of the, the, you know, some of the touring you've done, some of the, you know, some of the artists you work with, and and, and how you got involved with working with them. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been quite a journey. Um, in like, I, I guess it kind of goes all the way back to like my days in Seattle as a kid. Like, my family um, wasn't Christian, and so um, you know, I, I'm a huge Seahawks fan, and sometimes we'd watch games on TV, uh, if we weren't at the games and it was like, uh, early in the morning and there'd be church on TV beforehand. And, um, I was just so intrigued by it. And, uh, I remember one specific time my dad told me to turn it off, like turn the, turn the channel when church was on. He's like, you don't want to watch that stuff. And, um, <laughs> I was just like, I don't know if it's because he told me to turn the channel or what, but like that worship <laughs> music, like kind of stuck with me. Um, I was like, uh -huh. what is this stuff about? The big pipe organ, the large choirs that I would see. Um, so fast forward, we moved to the Philippines uh, when I was in middle school. And my parents mm. got saved while they were there. Uh, there was an American missionary who lived in the Philippines who kind of helped disciple my family. And um, yeah, they, they started doing mission work. And I got involved in the church through through my parents, ironically. Um and then started doing worship team. When we moved back to the U.S., kind of close to when I was going to, like, about to go to college, um, it was around my sophomore year of high school. Uh, it was like uh, my worship pastor was like, "You have a kind of a gifting in music, and uh, there's a college that 
you know, you might be able to get a scholarship at. Um, and I'd never really considered music to be like a career path. Um, and so he was like, yeah, you should, you should check it out. Um, uh, you know, audition for the team. And I made the team and I got a full ride to go to school. And, uh, it was like, oh, this is, wow. this is a potential, <laughs> a potential career path, I guess. And I uh, did a worship degree, uh, at Liberty and afterwards kind of the natural step for a lot of people was moving to Nashville because there were sessions going on and artists traveling. Mm-hmm. And so I had traveled with a few artists from Liberty. Uh, there's, there's an artist named Meredith Andrews who came from Liberty university, um, and got to play with her a little bit and kind of see what it was like to be on the road, um, uh, mm-hmm. on the road with an artist and not just like as a school playing, uh, playing worship music, representing the school, but just like as a career. And, um, yeah, so came to Nashville, did some session and touring stuff, and then went back to Liberty for a master's degree. Um, cause they were kind of offering the same thing. And I was like, I can't turn that down. Uh, <laughs> and then came back to Nashville again and kind of plugged into my church and, um, yeah, Nashville, it's a funny thing. Cause like all these people, um, like Christian artists and worship leaders, they kind of all live in Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. I went to church and like saw all of the people that I listened to and studied in school. <laughs> I was like, what in the world are you guys doing wow. here at the same church? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was just great to, to connect with like Chris McClarney and John Reddick and start playing with those guys and um, some of the other people, even on that page that you saw on my website, it's like, uh, you know, 75% of them, I met at church and we just, you know, since I was serving there, they get to know me and, and all that kind of stuff. We just uh, started touring and playing. And, um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of the worship world stuff has come from church actually. <laughs> and, uh, wow. it's crazy, but yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. And tell us a little bit about the church that, that you play at. That's a uh, church of the city. Yeah. Church of the city in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, we have a couple of different churches around. Um, there's one probably like 10, 15 minutes from my house, uh, here in spring Hill and then one in downtown Nashville and a couple that are like a sister church in, um, in New York okay. city. So, um, yeah, it's a couple, couple campuses. I play at the Franklin one and, um, yeah, it's been been really cool plugging in it. Initially, um, I was on tour. I had just gotten engaged, or maybe I was about to get engaged. But either way, I was looking at moving down to um, Tennessee and uh, from Virginia. And I met this uh, speaker at this camp I was playing at, and he said he was uh, moving to Tennessee too. And I was like, "What part of Tennessee?" And um, he's like, "Franklin." I was like, "I'll be there too." And uh, Turns out it was Church of the City that uh, he was going to work at. So um, it was just kind of funny. It was a church plant at the time, and they merged churches with another church, and uh, it was like a mega church. And so <laughs> when I showed up, I thought it was going to be like a high school gym, and it was like this massive <laughs> building. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So it was it was cool to be a part of you know even the merger and see how it's grown. But it's a uh, yeah, it's a really great church with a lot of really great community. Um, and people there. 
That's cool. That's cool. And, and, you know, you know, for a lot of my listeners and myself included, you know, like I'm in a more rural, a small rural area and a lot of us are in, you know, smaller churches and our production values aren't quite the same as a uh, church <laughs> of the city. Um, so, um, like with, with the, with a church like that, where you've got, you know, you obviously got a very high, you know, uh, standards there for, for the team and everything. How do you, I mean, how do you like onboard people? How, you know, how much do you rotate people? I mean, how, yeah. do, how does, I guess, kind of how does all that work? Just kind of give us a, a kind of a feel there. Yeah, well, like I've been a part of all sorts of different sized churches. Um, like I came from kind of the smaller, smaller church uh, thing in Savannah in high school and then um, was a part of kind of like a larger church um, towards the end of my, my master's program. But then uh, moving here, it's kind of, it's such a unique city. So it's, it's a little, uh, different than probably most churches of our size, uh, simply because mm-hmm. the pool of musicians is like the guys who wrote the parts on the songs that like, uh, we're <laughs> listening to. And so, uh, the onboarding process is, you know, I just kind of came at the right time. There was a guitar player who, um, I was touring with that was like, we need a bass player at church on Sunday. And, they had just merged with this other church. And so they were kind of trying to figure out musicians. And, um, so yeah, I, I kind of like sneakily snuck onto the team somehow, but, um, the other guys like are just like legends, like every single person that plays there. I'm like, what in the world am I doing on stage with, you know, this guy who I studied, <laughs> I studied your playing and I, like the, I, I learned yeah. guitar through your, your CDs. And, um, so the onboarding process is, is kind of difficult in the sense that, I mean, just with the people we currently have, you know, these guitar players would be the first call at any, you know, any church that they went to. And then there's like 20 Mm. of them. (laughs) So it's like, you know, even rotating once a week, it's it'd be months before you see one of them again. But um, I think it's yeah, you just at this this particular location, you just kind of rotate based on who's in town and who's available and. Uh, maybe even who you had coffee with that week or something and just um yeah it's pretty informal which i love because uh, most of the places i've played that are bigger have like really like you're saying high production value and we do to a sense mm-hmm. but it's also pretty like pretty laid back where we don't really have um the songs in planning center um at all <laughs> it's like we show up on sunday oh really and uh kind of just wing it in a sense but um yeah, Chris is Chris and John both are so gifted at leading that they're great at, you know, as we're in the middle of a service going in a different direction and leading us through that. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of the Wild West. It feels like on a Sunday morning you show up and you're like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, what's what's going to happen this morning? And uh, so it's exciting. But yeah, it's a so I, all that to say, it's a little bit of a weird um, situation compared to uh, most churches, probably even our size with the production value. Um, yeah, it's yeah. no, no official. You just have a, yeah. Yeah. You just have such a large talent pool to pull from that, you know, it's, you're always pretty much covered and you're never really as much worried about onboarding because you, the talent pool is, is there. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the hard thing is we want to create a community where, um, everyone can feel like they're plugged in, even though there's like, Mm-hmm. you know so many people at the church i mean there's a more than just sunday morning events too so we try to we try our best to rotate and have you know multiple people in each position and um 
But yeah, it's just, it's kind of difficult in Nashville. I'm I'm sure that's not just our church. I'm sure it's like every church in Nashville has session players that, you know, make a living doing what they do. And it's, it's hard to include everyone that's, that's capable of doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's highly, highly competitive town, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the sense that there's a lot of people doing what you do as well, you know, like, um, but I, the one great thing that I, I discovered coming down here is there's such like a camaraderie between people. Like they're, they root for each other. People are friends. They love seeing each other succeed. And so I've never really felt the competitive nature, even though it's like, yeah, there's, you could throw a rock and hit like five world-class guitar players, but, um, you know, there's not really like that competition that I feel uh, in Nashville. Thankfully, it's kind of all all friends. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, so let me switch gears a little bit here, and yeah. uh, I'll, I'll go to your 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 video channel uh, for your for you. And it, one of the things that I, that really amused me was your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you know. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll hear, you know, people who are successful at working with other artists and being a, you know, a side man for, for different people or a session musician or whatever, that they're good at what's called, you know, the hang. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it seems like you would probably be very good at that because your sense of humor is pretty funny. I was watching some of your videos and, and really laughed out loud and, uh, one in particular, the the He Lives video where you replaced <laughs> all of the audio <laughs> from one of your videos from uh, the Church of uh, the City of the, yeah, if I can say it now, Church of the City yeah. with some of your own like little funny like recorded sounds. And oh man, <laughs> me and both my wife were dying laughing on that. That was just good stuff. Yeah, that was an April Fool's thing I did for, for the church. I was just, I tried to do it again this year, but with the baby uh, on the way and coming yeah. at any moment, it was like maybe not this year but yeah it was fun to put that together and yeah the principle of the hang I didn't even know that existed till I moved to town you're exactly right like that's kind of how people get and sustain like different gigs here is they're just fun to be around and luckily that worked in my favor I didn't have to do too much to like make people laugh it was just like people naturally laughed at (laughs) me which is you know, could be a good or bad thing, uh, depending on whether I'm meant to be funny or not. But, um, yeah, it's it just like, you know, when you realize when you tour, 90% of your time is spent on a bus or in a car or on a plane with this, you know, with these people and you're not really playing music. So if they're not really fun to be around, it's hard to, hard to continue touring when you're, uh, yeah, not fun to be around. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and your your base faces, you know, videos were, were quite amusing too. I really enjoyed those. <laughs> you know, a little different <laughs> tutorial. I think uh, sometimes people yeah. need. <laughs> well, I, I'm practicing. I'm, I actually think I'm pretty good. I, I can't remember the actual names you had, but the one where you you know you play as if nothing, you don't care about anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm actually pretty good at that because I don't show a lot of emotion when I play. So I, I'm probably actually guilty of doing that without actually even practicing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I feel like there's so much feel with bass, like specifically that a lot of bass players are so concentrated on actually mm-hmm. like the feel of the song that it doesn't show physically because it's all like mentally trying to be there and be present and like, how is this feeling? How am I playing this note? And 
So yeah, it's, it's funny how it manifests itself <laughs> in different people, but I, I get that too. Sometimes I'm like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, and that's, you know, I'm, I, that would probably be my struggle would be, would be the hang. I'm, I'm more of the serious guy, you know, and I, I'm not a very talkative guy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of the, doesn't look like he really cares face <laughs> when I play <laughs> bass. So, uh, so that really, that amused me. I, but I, I got to work on those other ones because they're, they're pretty good. Some pretty good faces there, the, those base faces. So yeah, yeah, if anybody wants to check that out, you can, they can go to, what's your, I forget, is it just under your name, your personal channel? Um, I think so. If you go to my website, uh, jesseplaysbass.com, I know I have links in there. Um, cause I don't okay. remember the actual name of the channel, uh, which I should know, yeah. but <laughs> maybe I'll <laughs> look that up when we're done. And, uh, so it, it, what's, uh, I guess, a, a question just, um, because I'm again, more of my own curiosity, you were talking about, you know, touring and stuff and usually about how long do those tour, you know, tours that you do, how long do they usually last? What would be like a, the shortest and what would be the longest of like a tour that you do with a, with a worship artist? Yeah. Uh, the longest was like 12 weeks nonstop. And then kind of the typical is is more like uh, they call it weekend warrior kind of things where um, you know either you go out on the weekends or you're home for the weekends but it's kind of like a three or four day run and then you're home and um, yeah just kind of uh, you can stay out on long tours that way but you're you're home every you know mm-hmm. three or four days so that's kind of more the typical typical s- scenario for a lot of artists here but I mean, for touring too, like I didn't realize that, you know, the, the one-off gigs kind of thing where you just play a conference real quick and come back home is also considered touring. So it's, it's kind of confusing. Mm. I guess like technically one day could be considered, uh, the shortest tour, but yeah, typically they're set up in <laughs> a one day. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day world tour <laughs> going on a world tour real quick. I'll be back tomorrow for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Only played one city, but you know it was it was a world tour. You know it was in the world, uh, so it counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you could say anything online is a world tour. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be using that. Yeah, there you go. And, and so, and it, now, did COVID like slow down? I'm assuming a lot of the uh, touring that you did. Yeah. Um, thankfully, uh, end of 2019, I kind of, you know, with my wife sat down, and we were like talking about maybe starting a family and what that would look like. And part of that was me starting to come off of the road more. Um, just saying, you know, maybe, maybe I don't want to be away and figure that out later when it's more, you know, critical, like maybe we can start, mm-hmm. start the exit ramp smoothly now, <laughs> uh, rather than the hard yeah. right turn when it has to happen. So, um, yeah, luckily at the the end of 2019, I had already started, uh, coming off of the road a little bit, I'd supplemented some of that income with, uh, podcasting and editing podcasts and stuff. Um, and so just still in the audio world using old gear that I had, but, um, it was something I could do instead of having to be away. And so, uh, 2020 happened and definitely impacted touring and, my goal, mm-hmm. um, I'm a very goal oriented person. And so my, my goal at, you know, January 1st, 2020 was to switch my, my income from being, you know, 80% on the road and 20% in studio to switch it to 80% in studio. And when 
I got that call in March that all my gigs for the rest of the year were canceled. It was like, well, uh, mission accomplished, I, I guess. <laughs> you know, in a weird way, we're, we made it. So goal achieved. Yeah, well, yeah there you go. Uh, well, I don't want to hold you up too, too much here, but uh, I want to ask you uh, some real quick questions about, tell me a little bit about the gear that you use and how you get your tone. Because, um, you know, a lot of the, the videos that I've listened to online, you know, your tone is just really, you know, really good. You know, I, in particular, I guess I'll, I'll point to uh, Speak to the Mountains, where I really love the tone that you've got on that uh, that song. Yeah. Uh, just tell me a little bit about, you know, the gear you're using and, and how you get your tone. Totally. Um, yeah, so live, typically what I'll do is um, I use a stereo DI, uh, and so... I'll go into a tuner, I'll go into a compressor that has a blend knob so I can still get um, you know, the low lows but uh, have a little bit of compression. And then I go into a stereo DI that splits my signal um, into a clean channel. So that, that clean channel goes straight to the soundboard. And then uh, I go into like a fuzz pedal. Uh, my favorite is the Deluxe Bass Big Muff uh, by Electroharmonics. Mm-hmm. Really love it for uh, the smoothness it has, but still being able to like send those higher frequencies. Uh, so then out of that, uh, when I'm playing at church, I've got my Agu- Aguilar DB750 head amp, mm. um, and I've got nice. uh, I've got like a DB810 cab, but I haven't plugged it in in a while, so uh, it's just sitting <laughs> backstage right now. But um, yeah, that, yeah, typically on the live stuff, like Speak to the Mountains, I use that rig. Um, and, and kind of like through the amp side of things, that's the other side of my DI. It's just the dirty channel. So I have clean and dirty signal, that uh, front of house, and sound engineers who are editing the recordings and stuff can um, have all the low end from the clean DI, but then all the clarity and dirt from the, the dirty channel that they can mix in and cut through a mix and stuff. Um, so yeah, nice. that's typically what I'll, I'll do live. Um, but then in this st- like studio stuff, I have my board. Um, and usually, uh, like if I'm doing overdubs for some people, um, cause even like live music, a lot of times they'll, they'll want you to recut some stuff. Um, with church of the city stuff, it hasn't been that way, but a lot of other, other places I've done live records for, they're like, let's actually make this right instead of, <laughs> you know, doing something, something wrong here, but, um, I've got like a, like a preamp and a compressor and all that kind of stuff that I I run through. It's like a Neve 1073, uh, preamp and then a retro instruments compressor. It's the double wide 500 series for, uh, other nerds like myself. Uh, and that's (laughs) like my DI, DI chain. And then I still, I have like a Kemper at home that I profiled, my Aguilar rig through like I, I, I drug that uh-huh. thing with two other guys, uh, brought the whole 810 cab down a flight of stairs and, um, s- set up in this really great studio that my friend Lance has here in, in, uh, like the Franklin area. Um, it's we rock studios in case anyone wants to go there and check it out. It's W I E rock. But, uh, yeah, we set up mics and, captured some Kemper sounds and so now when I'm at home I'll use the Kemper profiles of what we we did there with 
my same rig, but then when I'm at church, I actually have the live rig. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my signal flow and my chain there. Cool, cool. And it looks like you're using on most of the videos I've seen the uh, Lakeland uh, bass. Yeah, yeah. The uh, that yes. Lakeland that I got it at a garage sale. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I like I was touring and got home from a flight and my red bass. I think I played uh, my red Fender Jazz on like our first record with like He Lives and um, oh man, I forget what what other songs were on that first record. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's my my headstock snapped in half uh, through a Ooh. hard case. I have no idea how that happened. Um, Good grief! Yeah, super bummed about that. So I was like, I need a bass pretty quickly. Found one at a garage sale and was like. I love this bass and this is awesome. So, uh, yeah, that Lakeland saved, uh, saved the day a few times and, um, yeah, so I do enjoy it. Uh, and it's kind of become my primary bass. I've got, I've just got so many random bases and my dad actually built me, uh, two bases that are in my studio right now. Um, so got some custom, more active, uh, you know, got the preamp, the Bartolini preamps and, uh, really gospel sounding and then the passive thing with the the lakeland and the couple jazz and got the uh precision bass in here too but um yeah kind of just depends on it's not yeah yeah it's not often you find a lakeland at a garage sale (laughs) no yeah (laughs) it's like only in nashville i feel like it's (laughs) i would never have found it otherwise but it's like some other session player uh was getting rid of it and ironically i posted a picture of it on my Instagram, um, or maybe it was a story, I forget, but one of my friends say said, uh, is this the case that came with it? And he sent me a picture, and I was like, yes. And it was one of my friend's bases originally that he sold on Craigslist, and then I oh, found it wow. at a garage sale. So um, it's just a small world, and Nashville's a, a funny really? place. But, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So funny. Now, now you said your dad made you two bases. Is he a, yeah. is he a luthier? Uh, kind of like hobbyist luthier, but, um, he's, he's definitely over the last, I guess, 12 years, he used it as prayer time. Um, when he was building me my first guitar, he was like, uh, just using it to pray, uh, for me as a graduation gift, uh, from college. And, um, so he, he made that one and really enjoyed it. So he started making other ones and, um, they both, they during 2020, my parents got stuck in the U S so <laughs> they were, they were here for a funeral and kind of, uh, had to stay over and then eventually just moved, uh, back cause the Philippines wasn't allowing people back. But, uh, he kind of mm-hmm. got this part-time part-time thing where he hangs out at bluesman vintage. Um, they're just down the road from us and the great guitar makers. And so my dad's like over there talking wood with people and, you know, fixing up some instruments. <laughs> and so he's, yeah, he's, he's more than just a hobbyist. He's, he's really good at it, but, um, yeah, he's, he's built a couple by hand, uh, you know, all the way from like the wood, uh, shaping the wood for the bodies to chambering stuff. It's, they're pretty impressive instruments. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, I, that's always something I, I wish I had the skill to do, but I know that that one, that's not something that that's going to happen in my lifetime, but yeah, uh, me it's neither. Really cool yeah. You can build that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely uh, just going be. to receive what he does. I I don't have the um that skill within me to <laughs> to create that. Yeah. 
and that's a special thing to have too something that somebody built for you so that's really cool oh yeah there'll definitely be those kind of pieces that will be displayed prominently in every studio that i'm in and um they sound yeah. great too so i mean I, I used one of them last sunday at church and uh, cool yeah really enjoyed it well hey is there any anything else uh, you want to share with us before i let you go uh yeah i mean one thank you just for having me uh on the podcast i think um you know if i'm ever left with the uh what's one thing you could <laughs> you could share with people um <laughs> it's always about jesus i'm a pretty big um yeah pretty big fan of <laughs> what he's done in my life and i know that he can he can do in other people's lives so just um yeah time in the word is so essential the the biggest thing for me every time I step on the platform is, you know, making sure that I've gone to the place that I want to lead people to spiritually, even through base. It's like, there's something about, um, being prepared spiritually when you walk onto a stage and you get to commune with the Holy spirit. And, um, you know, I, I, I just love the fact that we get an opportunity to do that. And so as a bass player, um, I know it's not often that we get the, the role of like, shepherding uh so to speak uh through words but um you know just i found in my own life that people will come up to me and talk to me after service because they see me on stage and it's the best platform in the world to just you know talk about jesus and what he's done in my life so yeah anytime i get the you know one thing you want to leave us with it's like time in the (laughs) word jesus is awesome like use your platform for him and uh it's it's awesome Absolutely. That's great. And real quick then, tell us a little bit about what you do. You said making sure you're prepared uh, going on the platform, um, you know, spiritually and all that. Are there any certain things that uh, you could tell us that you do uh, for for that? Yeah, totally. Well, for me, it's more of like a a daily rhythm where it's not like a, a centering just on Sunday mornings. It's kind of the, you know, every single day spending time in the Word where, you know, I start to you know, be able to discern what, what sounds like him and what doesn't sound like him when thoughts come up and when, when, uh, conversations arise, it's like, um, you know, if you're in a part of scripture and something comes up, a lot of times you're just relating things to what you're watching and what you're, you're reading and what, you know, you're listening to. So I try to make scripture one of those things that's constantly, uh, not only in my heart, but on my tongue. And, um, so Mm -hmm. Sunday mornings, it's kind of like, it's just an overflow of what the week looks like. And it's awesome to get to be with like-minded people where we're, um, yeah, presenting something from stage in a musical form for people to connect with God through. But it's also like when you get off the platform and talk with people in, you know, in line for coffee in between services and stuff, um, you know, and it's not like I come, come out the gate swinging, like, Hey, have you guys ever heard of Jesus? (laughs) It's like, you know, that it's just naturally something that, (laughs) that comes up as I'm thinking through, you know, as we're going through Philippians, uh, right now in, in a Bible study at church. And, uh, it's just one of those things that we're, we're talking about gospel community and what that means to have partnership in the gospel with people. And, um, part of that is, you know, how do I, how do I build unity with those people around me? And a lot of times, you know, encouraging words is one of those things that we don't think often to to give as as an offering. But it's like if I encourage somebody and say, "Hey, this was awesome. You did great," or 
Um, so it's very easy for me. It's, it's free for me to say that. And it often invests mm-hmm. something in somebody else. So, um, yeah, I don't know all those things like reading through Philippians. Now I'm like talking about it right now. <laughs> and it's like, um, yeah. I think that's, that's how I pr- prepare for Sunday morning, spiritually speaking. Um, and then just, yeah, from a literal sense, I listen to as many of the songs as are posted up that I can, but um, like I said, usually those, <laughs> those aren't posted, but, um, yeah, if there are, I've tried to prepare, do, do the charting thing. And, uh, yeah, Sundays to me are, are really fun to gather with, with the church and, uh, just encourage one another. Cool. Cool. That's, well, that's a great, great, uh, place to end on. And, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, some good words there. So, uh, yeah, Jesse, thanks so much for, for joining us and, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll post, uh, you know, after, after, you know, on the, uh, after this segment here, I'll, I'll post all the information for the, uh, you know, for all your, your, uh, your addresses for all your, you know, your website and your YouTube channels and all that. Um, and you, you have like a, a Facebook or anything else you want to share or anything like that? Uh, no, I, yeah, if people find me on any platform, I'll add them as friends. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any, any wares to push, so to speak. So, um, yeah, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, whatever works for you to share. That's great. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us, uh, Jesse. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, keep on, keep on rocking that bass and it's, uh, it's sounding great. Yeah. Thanks man. You too. Well, that's it for another episode of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Jesse for spending time with us and uh, just being a just a great interview. That I I really enjoyed that. I I think Jesse would just be one of those kind of people that I would just love to be friends with and hang out with, and and uh, yeah, that would be so so cool because he's just a cool guy, and and so yeah, consider me a fanboy here of him. So uh, yeah, I uh, I really had a lot of fun with that interview and i wanted to mention you know he's got a website and that's jesseplaysbass.com so if you want to check that out on that website you also see links to some of the other things that he talked about in the interview like the hill city uh, recording studio that he has um, also the downloads to some of the resources that he has on there Um, He's also got the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Jesse Dean Rivero, uh, J-E-S-S-E-D-E-A-N-R-I-V-E-R-O. I guess I didn't have a chance to ask him that question why he has a different name on his youtube channel but uh, i guess that'll be for uh for for uh, interview number two with him i guess well we'll see if we can find out why why there's a second name there and then on his instagram 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 if i can say that word instagram that's because i'm i'm you know it's because i'm american i don't know I don't know the metric system, so I can't say Graham, um, but Instagram.com forward slash the Jesse Phillips. So now he's going back to the Jesse Phillips name. So the Jesse Phillips, and that's a Phillips with two L's. And so, yeah, definitely check him out and, uh, you know, uh, like his channel on, uh, on YouTube. And then after you do that, then, of course, come to the uh, Worship Blender channel on YouTube and like that as well. Uh, you can find us on YouTube by uh, just doing a search for Bass guitar worship blender and we will pop up actually just type in worship blender and that should just pull it right up for you all right so again thank you for listening and i, I hope that uh, you will 
will uh, join us next time because there's lots of uh, new stuff that we've got cooking for you. And uh, yeah, the podcast is getting some momentum. And so we're really excited about that and hope you'll stick around. So God bless you. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.